Welcome to the 22nd episode of the Dudes Spake Dudes podcast. This is not a podcast about the fondue culture of the 1970s, nor does a podcast about board game tournaments. This is a podcast that is about dudes who are spanking dudes and dudes who are being spanked by other dudes. And this podcast is hosted by two dudes. Hi, I'm Jaden. Hey, Jaden, and this is Scott, also known as Red Spank Scott. Welcome back again to the podcast, Jaden. Thanks. Hey, and you are here with some great news about your um, your site and app known as WAPS. Is that correct? Yes. So it's been a, a long uh, a long road to, to get here, but uh, WAPS is now available on both major app stores, so at the Apple um, App Store and Google Play. Um, and it was available on Google Play uh, as of um, at the end of February. Uh, there was a, a period of beta testing earlier in February, and then I did the final release, I think, on around the 20th of February. So, so, um, if, so that means that if you're on an Android phone, you can now have WAPS on your phone, right? Exactly, yeah. And I think in the last three weeks, there's about uh, 85 people have downloaded it for their Android phone. So it's... Uh, Definitely a, a, a bigger, seg, a big segment of uh, people out there that were uh, looking to or waiting for the Android version. Yeah, yeah, and I noticed that there are some just immediately after that became available, some some new profiles popped up in my area in Los Angeles. So, so it's not just iPhones anymore. Um, so if you're on an Android phone, you can now look it up. It is WAPS W H A P P Z. Um, and uh, you can use it to track down uh, folks in your area who are into spanking. Um, and in fact, actually, the, we have a question at the end of the podcast episode, and it came to me from someone who reached out to me from WEPS. So, uh, and so, uh, when in our last podcast episode we were lamenting uh, what had happened to the Moonburn party in Los Angeles, uh, for those who didn't listen to episode twenty-one. Um, the monthly party um, here, the monthly spanking party here in Los Angeles, Moonburn, uh, was in jeopardy because the fire department came in and shut down the S&M club where the parties were being hosted at uh, because it was not properly permitted and, and various other issues. Now, um, the club is, uh, from last I've heard, the club is working on reopening. Um, the owner of the property has said that they are devoted to trying to get back, uh, you know, fix whatever issues that the city has with it. Uh, some stuff we've heard since then, you know, there's been um, apparently there was a crackdown on um, uh, not properly permitted clubs that came from the uh, folks we recall the ghost ship fire in um, uh, in here in California. Uh, where lots of folks died due to an event happened in a place that wasn't properly being maintained and properly permitted. So nobody wants to be, nobody in Los Angeles or nobody in California, California wants to be the kind of bureaucracy that ignores uh, a, pet, a potential fire hazard and, and uh, have something like that happen again. Um, so, so there's some work being done there. In the meantime, the folks behind Moonburn uh, went around looking for a new place to play, and we did have a party uh, last Sunday, uh, the first the first Sunday rather than Saturday, um, at a place in Los Angeles. Now, um, I'm going to be a little bit vague about where it took place, uh, because unlike Threshold, this was not a uh, devoted S&M club. Um, it was a space that's used for some other things, uh, and uh, the a person who is connected with the place is trying to uh, make it into a place where he can uh, kind of rent it out when it's not being used um, uh, for, for private parties like these. And he is part of the S&M scene in Los Angeles, and he's like making his own equipment and stuff. And so, um, uh, but it's not a sex club. Uh, it is a, it is connected to Hollywood stuff, and I'll just leave it at that uh, because I just don't <laughs> want because of what I just explained about why they shut down Moon, you know, shut down Threshold. You know, I don't want to give it so much publicity that the fire department shows up and says, "Hey, you're not supposed to be having sex parties at this place." So, if you are interested and you want to know what's going on, um, there is an email address: la moonburn 
at AOL.com. That's all one word, LaMoonBurn, um, at AOL.com. You can get added to the mailing list, and when parties come around, um, the, the people who organize it send out emails. Um, and right now they're just kind of evaluating how people responded to this party. It was fun. It was a little bit weird and different, um, you know, because it was not a devoted, it was not a space devoted to S&M plays. So, so there were some adjustments. It was a little bit darker. Um, it was a, just a, a little bit of a different feel to it. So, uh, so, so we'll see what happens to it. I think it's, um, if Threshold reopens, um, I think I'd rather play there. But I think it's more. I think it's much, much more important just to have a play, a monthly play party for guys who are into spanking, just so that there's a place for us to meet up and, and you know, and that resource for the spanking community. That if we end up staying here, that's fine as well. I think the you know threshold is a better location for spanking parties. But if the option is you know if if threshold never comes back, you know this space is fine. So we'll just see where things go. Um, hopefully we'll keep going. It might stay at this. So, so the parties might end up being on Sunday, the first Sunday night of each month, rather than the first Saturday in the afternoon. Um, so, so we'll just see. Um, so with that, let Actually, us, there's, there's one thing I would add is if you download WAPS for iPhone or Android, uh, one of the new features I added to both, uh, platforms is the events section. Yes. And Moonburn is advertised there. So if you're wondering about whether there's a Moonburn happening or when or where, um, check out that part of um, of the site or the or the app. Yes, that uh, is that is by the way is a great feature of WAPS that I, I really really love. Um, is that there's a section on there when you go into WAPS, look for the little calendar symbol for events. Um, that shows you where these events are taking place around the country, around the world, actually, because there are some, you know, who are in England in there, um, the United Kingdom, in Washington, San Francisco, um, uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, you know, all of those, all of those parties that, that are available around the world are showing up on in the WAPS app, so. Yeah, and, and also you can indicate if you're interested in the event or if you're going. And so that can help people uh, to connect uh, prior to the event uh, with other people who are who are going or, or want to go. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I see. Uh, see, Kip Red Tails is uh, listed there for the summer, and I already see uh, a couple of people I know who are in there as planning as that they're planning to attend this summer. So uh, yeah, and I I typically, if I remember, sometimes I'm bad and, and forget. But if I remember when Moonburn pops up on WAPS, I put myself on there as attending, so people know that I'm going to be there. Um, but but since we're talking, this is a, a great uh, way to uh, shift into the, the segue into the real dudes speaking real dudes section, which is about um, hosting your own private speaking parties. Uh, which is something that uh, you've done, Jaden, a few times. And so I figured you'd be a great person to have to talk about. I've actually had a couple. I've been to several people's private parties. Um, I've actually had a couple people, at least one or one of the person offered to be on the podcast, actually, to talk about um, hosting private parties. But um, you just happen to be around. And, um, and I've been to one of your parties. And since you're new and setting them up, I wanted to kind of talk to you about what it was like to set up a private party. Yeah, so I started about three years ago. I've now had five parties. Um, I live in a pretty small space, so that I think that's the first thing to consider if you're interested in in creating your own party and um, is is the numbers. You know, how many people can you um, entertain or how many people can can come? Um, in the beginning, it's it's usually you know the issue is is you know am I going to have enough people? <laughs> Um, and then as the party gets more, well, more known and then, then it's the opposite problem. And, and that if you're limited in space, uh, you have to kind of watch that or you're, you're more worried that you're not, you're going to have too many people and it's, it's not going to, there's not going to be enough space. So, um, some, some things to consider around that, um, are, uh, you need to be able to have play spaces for, you know, more than one scene. Like if you're going to have 20 people at a party, for example, um, 10 of them should be able to play at the same time, roughly. That's sort of a good formula. So what that means is if you have 10 people play, uh, you're going to need five play spaces, five, you know, 
if you have a large bed, that could count for two. A couple of couches counts for another two. You know, maybe a, a chair, an armless chair or something would be the, the fifth one. So, yeah, yeah, I would never – one of the reasons I, I, I'm, I'm not going to have any spanking parties in my little apartment is not just because I have – I'm in a fourplex, but because it's too small. I have one – you know, it's a one-bedroom. Um, it's just – there's just I, – I would if I, if I had a bigger place, but I, I don't. And so it's just not a thing. I could have private play, but, but no parties. Right, yeah. And I think that's another consideration for people that live in cities where, you know, you're typically in an apartment or condo or townhome, um, is, is are you are you okay with this amount of noise going <laughs> while you're having – and what I find is that there's so much – if you have that many people over, um, there's so much sort of background chatting and like, like cocktail party kind of noise that it almost drowns out any of the play. Um, but but yeah, it's, you do have to be comfortable with there being you know quite a bit of noise. Uh, depending your... depending on the guys, we we know a couple yeah. we know a couple in West Hollywood who has who have a private party and uh, one of the participants and he's one of the hosts. So you know if if he's driving the neighbors crazy, it's his own fault. But he is a <laughs> uh, he's fairly vocal as a a bottom, and he, no doubt no doubt the neighbors can can hear him. Uh, when he is being disciplined for his bratty behavior. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I would say like even it's a good thing to mention too, for people that are, are concerned about private play and, you know, if, if their neighbors are going to hear and stuff, cause that's something that I think in the beginning worries everybody. Um, but I, I found particularly living in cities, uh, people are so private now, you know, they almost don't talk to each other. And, and so the likelihood of somebody, even if they hear stuff of them being like, like going to come over and like knock on you. I mean, it's very, very, I've never had that happen. I've never had anyone make a comment or like from something they've heard, you know, if there was a private, I was doing a private session or whatever. So I, I think it's, it's less of a, an issue than people might think in the beginning. Um, the one thing I try to be careful when you're having a party um, is just that it not be going, you know, into the middle of the night because then you are actually disturbing people and it becomes a, you know, an issue they will probably take issue with, but if they're just hearing, you know, some people talking about spanking or they're hearing spanking sounds or whatever, like as embarrassing as that could be to many people, um, I, I don't think it's as big of an issue uh, and that people really don't care. Anymore. <laughs> so uh, just just for having the experience, it's never, never really been an issue. So anyways, but yeah, space is the first thing to consider. Um, in, a, in having a private party. And the, the other thing that I bring up is, I mean, for my parties, uh, people travel from LA or, or further. Uh, I think my, my, my most recent party, there was a couple that came from Philadelphia. Oh, wow. <laughs> now, that was an exception because their occupation allowed them to kind of travel. But um, the, uh, I, I do like to have a bit of a social uh, part as well that includes a meal. So um, something to consider if, if you're going to have a party with food, uh, usually it's kind of a two-part thing. So there'll be People arrive. There's kind of this social atmosphere. There's food. Um, in my mind, I actually do a barbecue because you know I live in Southern California and it's nice, and so do a barbecue outside. And so that that part, obviously, there's no play going on because that's more of a you know we're in more of a public space um, on, on the roof deck. And um, but um, uh, it all, it sort of allows that social uh, time that that a lot of us want, you know, because we're we are a pretty tight-knit group, and um, if you're having a private party, you're, most of the people are going to kind of know each other and be wanting to be a bit social. So then when it comes time to, when that when that part of the party ends, then it becomes more a play party, um, and people then are, they've gotten that socializing out of the way. So I think it helps if, if you're going to, if you're going to do that, or you may choose not to do food at all, uh, just have the play party, and I've been to parties like that as well. So Yeah, I um, would, I would recommend snacks, and it definitely drinks um, there is, I mean, the thing about, so it's, it's, you know, spanking parties are not the same as sex parties. And actually, I, I mean, I've never been to a sex party or, a, but I, I would think even at a sex party, you want a little bit of, of, of at least drinks, you know, something to kind of help people get comfortable and relax, um, and ease the tension. Um, and, but, you know, the spanking culture, you know, getting to know each other, um, 
is a very, very, very important part of being able to engage in spanking play with someone, you know, being comfortable with that person and being able to trust, you know, have trust in the other person for, for spanking play. Um, and so, you know, I would, I think every, all of my favorite, you know, parties that I've been to have had a sort of a food and social component. And the other thing is like, it also um, made it feel, made you feel comfortable when you weren't playing. Because like, mm-hmm. you, you know, like you said, there's, there's a limited number of space. Um, you have a limited amount of energy. Um, you're not going to be spanking or being spanked for the entire duration of the party. And it is really, really also nice to just to kind of be able to relax and sit down and be comfortable, have a drink in your hand and just be able to chat with people about things. Yeah, absolutely. Good points. And, and it helps to uh, keep it, you know, with, within budget if, if you ask people to bring uh, bring a drink with them uh, and, and have some as well. You know, I, I usually have a couple emergency kind of bottles uh, in the fridge and uh, but people often will bring, uh, they ask what they can bring and I'll, you know, I'll say bring, you know, bring something you like to drink and that way they're, you know, they're getting their preferred beverage and, yeah. um, usually there's lots to share. So, um, so yeah, definitely, um, food and drink and the social piece is, is a big part of it and it will always be part of it for my parties. Um, uh, now how do you handle you know, you, invites? Yeah. So I think it's, um, you know, it, it, it's something you have to consider because, uh, we're on so many platforms now, right? Like I communicate with people, you know, on WAPs, on make those hookups, on uh, Facebook Messenger, something that some people and I know better. And so they're, they're telling you whether or not they're coming and on all these different media, and it, it, it can get a little confusing. So uh, I use the Evite system, uh, E and then V-I-T-E dot com. It's a website. They also have an app, and uh, it's a free event um, invite and RSVP system. And there are other people in the spanking community that use the same uh, same tool. Um, and so far, nobody's nobody's had any uh, it, it, you know any events kind of taken down or anything because of the content. And I mean, I keep mine pretty clean, but I mean, I, I make a point of saying it's a spanking party. And um, some of the other ones I've seen have more more graphic illustrations uh, <laughs> for the, the event poster <laughs> uh, on Evite, but uh, it's never really been a problem. But it, it's a it's a great system to uh, to just you know, have one place where you keep track of who's coming. You can also, um, if you're wanting to make it like a potluck, you can use Evite to indicate like what, what they're bringing and it will deduct that from, you know, however many, whatever quantity you need. So it's got some, some good tools for organizing any, any kind of party. Um, so, so yeah, that, that, that's a real helpful thing. And something you mentioned earlier, Scott, around, you know, it's not a sex party. <laughs> so, uh, generally speaking for private parties, it's going to be people that you know and you know well. So you don't really have to like lay down the law or like say, okay, here's the rules. You know? <laughs> but I think if you're having a new party and you know, you don't really know everyone as well as you'd like, um, you definitely want to make sure that people are aware that it's not a, a sex party, um, that primarily it's, it's a, for, you know, for spanking, um, people are, might, you know, obviously they can get aroused and there, there might be sexual release from, from the spanking play, but, but you want to make sure people know that they're not coming to a, to a party to have sex or to meet people to sort of hook up and leave. And um, that's not at all the, the point of uh, any spanking party I've ever been to. Um, now, it could be. I mean, so, you, so the thing, if this is a private party, you can, you know, you could determine how comfortable you are with that happening. Because some people are a little bit more sexual, like don't feel like you have to be bound by the rules of say Moonburn where, where sex is not permitted. Um, but definitely uh, establish what those parameters are just cause like I, I've been to some parties where people did get a bit, bit more sexual um, and, or were allowed to, you know, be a little bit more isolated or play privately, shut themselves off in a room and hook up um, so, but don't assume that, uh, I would not assume that that's okay. So I guess as a host, you kind of need to think about, you know, am I going with these moon burn rules, which is, you know, essentially no sexual behavior, no, no like full on sex, but you know, there's a, there's some fondling may happen. Right. Yeah, it, it's, you're right. There are, there are, it, it's a spectrum of, of 
how you know <laughs> how acceptable that would be at, at different parties and and, and a lot just depends on the settings. You know, like in my case, you know, there's so few play spaces that if I allowed people to kind of close off a door and do their thing for however long they need, that that takes away that space that could you know other people could be using as well. And and so um, so that's kind of why it's discouraged. And um, but yeah, there are, you're right. I have been to parties that are that are more more sexual. Yeah, because um, yeah, because there are some people who I mean, I don't want to leave out. I don't want to assume that. The, that every spanking party or, or every one of these parties is entirely for people who are pure spanking fetishists because there are people who are, you know, spanking is part of the things that they are interested in. Right. And so so it may be, you know, there are other kinds of parties. There are other kinds of S&M parties in Los Angeles, for example, that are um, not like Moonburn and do allow full-on sexual activity. Um, so, so it's something you just kind of have to think about, um, something you should, you know, with your friends, if, if you're starting this with people that you know, um, uh, kind of make sure the dynamic fits the, the kind of party you want to have, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's basically a good, good summary of, of those. And it, one of the common things is, is the, whether or not you'll, you'll allow people to kind of close doors. I think that's a, a common yeah. uh, um, boundary, I guess. And, and there are some parties where they don't want doors closed um, because part of being at a party is, is people like to watch sometimes, not, not necessarily like, you know, over overdoing it, but they like to see what's going on. And, and spank, Spankos are very curious. And so, and, and it's also to discourage people from getting you know too sexual and, or taking, you know, taking up too much time. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah, I have I have been at like parties where like the the host did allow you to shut in rooms and and then suddenly there was there was only <laughs> we could only play in the living room because uh because there are people there are groups who had uh, locked locked themselves away in the bedrooms. So we're like okay, um, but you know we still played in the living room. But um, but yeah, part, parties are a great experience. Um, they help. Um you know, me kind of reunite with my friends, but they also help me if, if I meet someone brand new to the scene, um, I can suggest to them that they come to my party and, you know, they, they know me because we've met a few times and, um, and then it allows them to meet other people I know and sort of blossom into, you know, <laughs> different aspects of the community that, you know, I may not have as much interest in. So it's a way to help them connect. Yeah. Um, and, and I did that actually my last party. I, there's somebody I know locally. Uh, I met a few times and, uh, we, you know, we, we kind of figured that we weren't quite compatible uh, in, in terms of what we liked. And um, so, you know, I said, you know, come on to my party because there's going to be people here that you probably would be interested in meeting. And, and it's uh, it's an easier way to meet potentially than trying to uh, do it the online route, you know, which sometimes takes it takes longer uh, to get uh, to get the right uh, find the right people. So parties are great. They're a lot of fun and, and they're a good way to kind of build your build your community and also help others to to build their you know their involvement in the community um so yeah and it's also one of those things where like um every party that i've gone to every private party that i've gone to originated from people that i've met through moonburn so so you go to these big community parties um and you know and it's one of those reasons why it, as much of it a difficult the trip might be, but if you have opportunities to go to something like the Moonburn Party in Los Angeles or the Big Spake Party in D.C. Um, or go to Camp Red Tails um, in the summer in California or to the um, uh, Badass Weekend in Georgia, these are all um, they're challenged. They might be a challenge for you to get going, but the advantage of doing that is that you start meeting all of these people and spitting out of that is connecting to people in your own communities or, or finding you're finding uh getting invites to these private parties that yes. that will help you kind of make better connections help you meet other people and it's just like a way to stay attached to this community and, and find whichever kinds of guys you're looking for yeah yeah i, I actually remember going to my first red tails and and getting an invite to a private party, you know, just, just by attending one event. <laughs> so 
it does grow that way. Uh, you can start with nothing and go to a big event, and all of a sudden you're, you have more community than you thought, even in your own area. So, Yeah, yeah, it's funny because people – there's this there's – this, when I first started getting involved in the spanking scene, there was this weird uh, – there was this sense that there were these little cliques or, you know, groups and, you know, these little isolated little – and it, it's kind of it, – it's kind of true that it is, that it is but it's not – there's a tendency when you see these groups to think that they're kind of exclusionary and they're keeping, you know, there's this sort of gatekeeping of there's an in crowd or an out crowd. And it's not really like that at all. Um, as I've gotten more involved in the community, um, it really is part of it is a facet of you can really only have so many friends. And it's not really a judgment. It's just so much that, like, and, you know, if you're having these private parties, there's only so many people you can have. And, so it's good to kind of have lots of friends in the community. You can't go to, you won't be able to go to all of these parties. You might not get invited to all of these parties. But if you're a good person um, and you behave well with other people, you will eventually start get invited to some of these private parties, or maybe you'll develop some of your own. Yeah, yeah, and, and don't be afraid to express interest in if you hear about a party. That you you know you'd like to go to. Um, yes, just, there's just yes. Say something, yeah. or, yes. Or say it through through somebody that's connected to that person because often they're more than happy to have you. They just you know like I I for example I might not invite someone that lives in New York City because it's like well that's a long way from me. Um, but if if I get wind that oh they would be interested in coming and you know, they have other things that they want to do out here, and of course they could come. You know so. Yeah, there's a there's a, a local party that. Um... I know that had been going on and I had somehow gotten the impression that it was just for younger guys. And so I was like, so I never got an invite. And I, I wasn't offended or anything. It's like, well, you know, I think, you know, younger guys need to have a place to meet if they're not comfortable with being, you know, with being stared at and objectified by older guys. And I'm perfectly fine with that. And then it's, but I ended up talking to him like, no, it wasn't like that at all. And so now I actually, I got an invite and I, I, I was able to start attending those parties and then, and then like half my friends were there. I'm like, Oh, I don't know why I thought this was an exclusive party. It was just, I never asked. <laughs> yeah. LA, LA is, is pretty cool. I mean, for any, anyone that's a spanko that has a chance to live, you know, or spend some time in Los Angeles, there's, there's a heck of a lot of different um, facets to the scene there. And uh, as, as you're saying, you know, it's like, it's more than meets the eye. Right? So. Yeah, and part of it is really it is it, it was the party is kind of for it is has younger guys in it, but it's not because it's exclusive. It's because if you're young in Los Angeles, Los Angeles is a very very expensive place to live, um, and the Moonburn parties, you know, they're they're on weekends during the day, and a lot of these people have to work. You know, some of them are you know if they're young, they're college students, and you know and during the week they're there and, and the weekend is where they earn their money. They've got like seven roommates, you know, they've got all of this stuff going on. And so it's kind of hard for them to go to parties. And so these little private parties that happen in the evenings on certain days, they can, you know, they can, they can make it work. Whereas in the middle of a Saturday is just not something that's doable for them. So, so there's reasons for it. And it's just not, not necessarily because it's an exclusive club that you're not, you know, that you're not hot enough to be at or something like that. Right. Yeah. And I would point <laughs> out too, that, that there are, every time I've been to Moonburn, there are younger people there. It's, it's not the majority, that's for sure. No, but yeah. it's not exclusively a party that, you know, is going to have like older guys. And that is sometimes the perception of it, but yeah, it's, it's a party that's like publicly advertised. It's well well known as far as like its history, um, and and a lot of people that are wanting to kind of come out of the woodwork and be like, hey, fine, I'm going to finally you know get the guts to go, and um, they that's where they get their start is by showing up at the Moonbird party. Yeah. So you know, I think uh, don't write off you know parties like Moonbird and stuff thinking that you're not going to find what you're looking for because there are you know there are people of every type that would go to a party like that and then as you get more in the scene then as scott's explained like you you get a better understanding of you know where where are the people you like to hang out with are you know what they're doing and, and how you can get uh, um, tapped into that so yeah yep. all right and so with that we'll uh we'll wrap up this discussion of hosting your own party um if you have any questions you know send them our way send them my way and uh We'll pass them along. I know, I know, God, seven people. You know, I know all sorts of people who are hosting their own private parties. So we can, we can uh, get answers for whatever questions you might have if you want to host 
Um, so let's move on to the fantasy life of spanking. Um, and uh, there was a significant uh, thing in the spanking porn scene, the spanking erotic erotica scene uh, that happened between uh, after the last podcast episode in this episode, uh, a very, very prominent um, spanking site uh, named Spanking Central. Um, who has been run, it, it opened all the way back in 2003. So it's been around for 15 years. And um, recently, the uh, founder of the site, uh, Cliff, who if you've ever been on the site, you, you know who he is because he's the top in almost all of the, the videos, announced that he was going to cease production of new videos. Uh, I'm being very, very careful with how I phrase that. Um, Spanking Central is not disappearing. It is online. You could go there right now. Um, if you've got a subscription to it, you're not losing your subscription. You're not losing access. The site isn't going away. Um, he has hundreds of original spanking videos um, that are still there. Um, and you can still go in there, um, pay for access and, and download, you know, view them, download. Um, it has been a very, very important site. And so we kind of wanted to talk about it. I get people, people contact me and ask me to talk more about spanking porn uh, on the podcast in the fitty section. And it's a little bit awkward for me because I've gotten, I used to watch a lot of spanking porn when I was younger. Um, then I got, you know, so heavily involved in the actual spanking scene in Los Angeles that I don't really need it in my life so much anymore. And I think, uh, J.D., you had mentioned that as well. Yeah, I, I definitely watch a lot less um, spanking porn, and and I'm I'm less interested in the in the professional professionally produced spanking porn. Um, but I I mean one of the things that is I think so relevant about Spanking Central is that they were really uh, early in the market. And, oh yes, you know, produced a very high quality, consistent product, um, and. You know, I, so I looking back on, it, I think, you know, now, yeah, I watch a lot of like the, the free stuff that you get. Um, oh, some of it is just amateur production. And um, but um, as far as looking at, you know, historically, like they were central was 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 something I used to very intently kind of keep an eye on. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. I I, younger. Oh, yeah. 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 I was all over it when I was younger and um, before I really. 2003 that was that was before I actually started going to moonburn um and so I was much mess much much less involved in the spanking scene um and the um at that point I think um there was no longer really any controlled T um man's hand was still you know man's hand was around um they were still producing a couple of videos a year not huge amount. So, so there was this weird sort of as the internet was growing, there was just sort of like this gap in where um, how how porn was going to you know develop onto the online scene, and especially fetish porn, which has you know much less capital, uh, much less money to work with and throw around. And so Cliff came into this space in 2003 and started a subscription site. Where at the time, most people were still uh, – some of the big porn industries were starting to develop subscription sites. For fetish porn, it was a little bit more difficult, a little bit more of a challenge. Um, you know, I think with, with Man's Hand, um, you were able to order DVDs online and get them sent to you, and that was about the extent of it. And so he um, really, really pioneered um, – uh, a model of of immature spanking online porn, um, and it was a site that you subscribe to, um, and he would have regular uh, uh, new scenes, spanking scenes. Um, so some of the things that I think that that made his make make. I, I want to be very careful. The site is still there. You can still go and view these these videos. Um, that make his site great is, first of all, he was very um, above board in the sense that um, he wasn't trying to screw with the customer base. 
Um, he wasn't trying to milk you guys. You know, he wasn't trying to milk us. There have been a lot of really, really sketchy um, subscription sites uh, in porn, especially, you know, in the early days where you would have to go through this lengthy process to get subscriptions to these online porn sites to get access to them. And then they were shit. And, you know, or they'd be, you know, they, they, they didn't have actually have very much content. They would, there are some that would just keep recycling old content. I think there's still now, there are like a couple of, there's a, I'm, I'm, you know, there's a subscription site here there who's just kind of like trying to recycle old spanking porn or old fetish porn as new stuff. But he didn't. If you subscribed to Spaking Central, you knew you were going to be getting new spanking content on a very regular basis. Yeah, I, I think some of the, the other factors that made it very successful is he really he really understood the the fetish yes. you know, well. And he you know, in doing that, he, he sort of made um made it very realistic. Yes. So the scenes were, you know, were really hit home to those of us that have these specific, you know, sub fetishes even within spanking, um, whether that be, you know, fraternity stuff or athletic um, coaches and or or dad's son or whatever and so he, he really understood that well and and i think a lot of the other uh porn out there they kind of missed that you know they, they just focus on maybe the, the pretty boy yeah. um, or you know um like a light spanking and then they put that off as a video a sexy video and we're thinking well, no where's you know the, the fantasy's gone <laughs> yeah um, so he, he really I, he really understood that well and i think because he was personally involved i mean i as far as I could tell, he did this as his like full time <laughs> gig, and so because he was so involved personally, I think he imparted that on every everything that was produced, and that um, there, there, I don't think there's anyone else that has really done that. In, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. There's in, in America. I mean, there are definitely some British studios who have really kind of like taken on and really his his scenes were very authentic. The the spakings. The the big thing about it was that the spakings were completely authentic in the sense that um, he was not faking the intensity of the SWATs. The, he gave out the SWATs like he was actually punishing a person. They, they were real, honest-to-God spankings. Um, and that meant that the scenes were kind of short, um, uh, but that's okay you know, with the subscription model. That meant that you were getting new ones on a regular basis. Um, he, I think the, he has one... Um, he probably has one of the most popular bath brush scenes to the point that it made me think because um, around that time when he was when he started that studio I was still very much in my frat boy fetish um, I wanted the the big huge frat paddles and I you know and I thought and I wasn't really into the over the knee stuff I wasn't into hair brushes or anything like that because I thought it was little boy stuff um, but he also had a model I thought was really, 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 really hot named Chris, who reminded me of <laughs> reminded me of actor Ben McKenzie, who I've always wanted to spank, um, especially during the phase when Chris had his short hair. Um, and he did an incredibly authentic bath brush spanking that reduced Chris to absolute bawling tears. And it is without a doubt, as far as, I mean, challenge me. I, I dare you all to challenge me, listeners out there, if they've seen one that's more authentic. But it is without a doubt the most authentic bath brush spanking I have ever seen on film. Yeah, I, I, I would dare to, dare to bet that most spankos have probably seen at oh, least yes. a clip of that video. It's a, it was very prolific um in, in in its reception you know how it was received um and and, and i think the, the circumstances around it too i mean when you watch the video it'll it'll you'll understand but um you know i think that segues into another aspect of um of the business of spanky central is if you remember years ago they had the spanky central tv which was kind of the behind the scenes you know life of the models and and so i think they they capitalize on people have had interest in, you know, what, how, how, do, how does this come about and how does he find these models and, you know, what do they think about the scenes? And um, so, so I think that that's another thing he did that I, I don't think anyone else has really uh, provided that, that behind the scenes look. 
Yeah, um, and I think it's also clear, and he was able, probably able to do this because because he was the top in all the videos. That so that kind of put him in a position where um, he was saving money that way. Um, he was able. I, I, I'm pretty sure he he must have you know paid those models those bottoms very very well uh, because they they kept coming back. Um, and that's you know you I always want to know um, that a spanking model is being treated well as 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 a as a consumer because spanking isn't sex. I mean I love spanking, um, it but it hurts and we know that it hurts and we like that it hurts as part of the thing that attracts us to the scene. So but one of the things you know that when um, someone who's being spanked doesn't want that experience it makes me very uncomfortable as a viewer and so i want to know that they're being treated well you know outside of uh, you know that 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 they got paid well that you know there's there's some spanking porn out that that came out that i that terrifies me because i'm like I'm really worried about the bottoms who are in it, you know, that, that, mm -hmm. that I've seen from other countries, but I was never worried about Cliff's models. And I've actually met some of them, um, you know, at, at, at other situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting in that I, I, my understanding of, you know, of the, the pay and whatnot is, is that people that do, you know, full sex videos actually make more money. I mean, that pays better. Like, a spanking video is like considered less valuable. Um, There's less money. Yeah, it's ironic because it's like, well, it hurts a heck of a lot more. Yeah, so, and, and but unfortunately, the audience is smaller because it's yeah. a fetish. You know, it's, so generally uh, speaking, it's 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 less. You know, it's less well paying. And but yeah, when when you see some of the behind the scenes material that Cliff had, um, you can understand that you know for for them maybe this was like easier or safer than doing full sex scenes, um, and. And so I, I don't know that any of them particularly were, were Spankos. I, I mean, I, I had even heard a rumor that he, he, he preferred not to have models that were into it. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, they just decided that, like, this was, this was an easier way to, uh, to make money from, you know, or this was a more desirable form of porn to do than, than doing better paying stuff, which would be, you know, the, where they're doing full sex scenes. Yeah. 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 And so it's been, you know, it's, uh, the change, you know, now that we've gotten the the internet has developed in such a way that um, um, people immature videos, everyone can post lots of immature videos, um, and we, you can now charge per download, um, mm. which was you know challenging until you know until we really had this really expansion of broadband you know internet service. Um, it was only you know only the big porn sites could could do the download or the streaming model. Uh, but now, you know, now, now everybody could do it. And now everyone is, you know, there's this huge market for amateur or there's this huge uh, uh, development of, of amateur spanking porn on places like Clips for Sale, um, where you could go and see all sorts of spanking videos. But Cliff was a, you know, a, a tremendous pioneer um, on how to develop um uh, spanking porn for the internet um, from scratch, you know, and he had left a you know a big huge footprint on um, you know the spanking porn um, industry that is definitely worth you know giving him his his props and his due and definitely the work that he has done. Um, is going to be appreciated, you know, the scenes that he produced, much like, much like I love, I still love to watch really old scenes from Control T and Man's Hand from back in the 90s, you know, people are going to, that, that, that scene from Chris, people are going to be watching, people are going to be watching Cliff's stuff for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So what do you think the future holds then with, um, with Spanking Central deciding not to produce new videos, um, the, the proliferation of all of the sort of amateur level stuff that's now available uh, in various media. What do, you, what do you think we'll see in the future? It's tough to say. It's difficult. It's a difficult, it's this weird spot where the, um, the, there is so much out there 
there's so much available and it's so easy. There's so few barriers to entry, um, but it's the created environment where anyone can do it. But the problem is like you can't make money off of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's really, I mean, we know, we both know people who have tried to get into producing um, spanking porn on, you know, amateur spanking porn, and it found that it was really, really difficult to, um, there's still a huge financial investment in the technology, you know, to do it right and to do it well, which Cliff uh, invested in. Um and the the paper download model is has very low profit margins, um, mm-hmm. and so I think it's going to be a little bit of a challenge. There, there, I think there needs to be sites like like Cliffs, um, and uh, the 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 other one I really kind of think of is are sites like Straight Lad Spanked. That's the the UK one um, mm-hmm. that comes to mind and that I've mentioned a few times, where the really intensely devote themselves to quality um, in their production. Um, and the, the straight light spanked one goes for a little bit more variety than, um, than, than, um, and storytelling and very, I've, I've actually kind of been surprised by the amount of storytelling in some of, in some of the videos that they've done. Um, and, uh, we need those big spaces. I've still, I still really believe that a, a company like, um, and I've mentioned this to uh, Colby when he was on the podcast, um, a place like cake.com can create, cause um, they have several different like sort of labels of different kinds of BDSM porn. Mm-hmm. I think if they got into a um, spanking focus label, they could build a pretty decent audience. They have different types of models. Um, because what we're seeing is, I, I keep mentioning this, we have a lot of, you know, a, a similarity in the types of models who are doing spanking scenes right now because that's kind of where the audience is. But that also means that there's like an opening. Like, I know lots of guys who want to see Colby get spanked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and you know, and I, I've told them that. And um, so, so, so there are, are I got to, um, I, I went to a private party um, that had some models there who were, who were being paid to let us spank them. And there was this muscle boy um, who I, I, I'm often very reluctant to spank um, paid models because of what I talked about before. I'm really kind of worried that I'm, you know, about that they're not really into it. But he was exactly like he he just kind of hit like this perfect, you know, identity of of the guy I want to spank. So I did kind of give him. I was the first guy to spank him as an adult. <laughs> nice. Uh, and so that was. But there's definitely a market for different body types of models and. And then I've mentioned this for a lot, um, different kinds of tops. Um, you know, the thing about uh, the thing about spanking central, of course, it was all cliff. Um, and so it ended up in an environment where you were really watching for the bottom, um, mm-hmm. and you were watching to see the bottom spanked. And but like when I was younger, when I was more of a bottom looking to the, sp- I was watching the videos that I watched were were watching. Not only were they, you know, good hot spankings, but I really liked the way that the top was behaving in the videos. And it was a real turn on, like, sort of these bully tops, because I have the whole sort of bully fantasy. So if there were any of these old videos where the top was kind of being mean, not just spanking a guy because he's a naughty boy, but spanking the guy because he enjoyed himself, I really, really liked those scenes. And you kind of, that's kind of, for me, that's kind of missing right now in the spanking porn scene. Mm-hmm. So, so what about yeah, you? It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what the what the future holds. Um, I, for me, I, I I sort of like the um, the more authentic um, scenes, right? And they're they're harder and harder to find. People that will produce like a really authentic role play, or where where both the top and the bottom are clearly into it. Not not saying it was rehearsed, but that they're they're both very invested in trying to make that a re- as realistic as possible. Um, it's harder harder to find those, uh, but there are they are out there. And 
she said there there are some of the studios uh, in the UK, and and I think the other one that's there's an American version of that, the Spanking Straight Boys, um, has you know the American um, kind of models and and follows the same similar model to the the one that in the UK yeah. Spanking Straight Lads. So um, so yeah, but I do watch a lot of you know videos that you can see on you know Hot Bottoms or Spanking Tube. <laughs> Um, and, and th some of those are just videos that people have made for fun. You know? Yeah. And I've even done that recently where it's made a video right. for fun and put yeah. it up there and see, see what people think. Um, so I, I like that as well, but I mean, that's more because I, you know, I actually get to have the experience of, of doing the scene and then sharing it. And so, but yeah, I, I um, I think the, there's, you know, for that subscription model, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it'll be interesting to see if, if we see that come back. Yes, um, yeah, so it'll to be... just turn into, you know, having, as you say, a lot of a lot of content out there that really doesn't make much money and so then the quality isn't the consistency is not there. Yeah. Um, which is too bad. So Yeah, you have to be absolutely reliable, like and, and Cliff was. I mean the days where you can scam people are, are you know, with that kind of stuff are over. There's just too much stuff out there. You can't kind of trick people into some sort of long term online subscription. You have to be on the level and, and Cliff was, so yeah. So, so with that, um, you know, just a reminder: he's he's ceased production, but Spanking Central is open. Um, you can subscribe to it. You can see hundreds, hundreds of Spanking videos. And the, and actually, the other thing, I, the other thing I didn't compliment him for that I that I really should have is he did a preview and some preview images for every single video. So again, that's one of those things that showed to the audience to, to potential subscribers that no, he's really serious about regularly doing new videos. So I could look and see, you know, I would, you know, I, I wasn't a regular viewer. I, I subscribed a couple times for a couple months, uh, fell off, but I could go back and look and see who the models were, what the scenes without, you know, seeing the scenes themselves, but I could see what the scenes were about. You could see, oh, is that model attractive? Oh, what tools is he using in this scene? What is the scene about? Like if it's a frat scene, of course, I, I, I downloaded all of his frat videos back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, he was that transparent that um, before you subscribed, you knew whether you would like what he was doing. And that was a big deal. And then, you know, and then when that comes around, you should reward people who do that. That's that's the other thing where people in the community in this, I would never pirate any of Cliff's scenes. And I know some people did. I've seen I've seen the Chris clip come around on, on Tumblr and stuff. Um, and he was very careful about policing that as well. I mean, um, mm -hmm. you know, so, so, you know, you would hear from him if you tried. But because he was so devoted to the work that he did, I would feel terrible about pirating his stuff, you know? So, um, so reward, like there have been sites where I've like downloaded videos because I thought the model was attractive. The seed wasn't the best, but I still wanted to kind of reward them for going, you know, for, for doing something besides the typical twink stuff. So, which has a big, huge audience. And I don't want to, demean twinks or people who are interested in those models. It's just that, that that's the market is flooded with that. And I want, you know, I want to see something different sometimes. So, so if I see something different, sometimes I'll download it and, you know, pay for it. Even if it's not like the best spanking scene, just cause to kind of give them some feedback that, Hey, I, I like this dude. If you can, if you can get him back, <laughs> give him some spankings. I, I'd love to see them. So. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right, in though that the, the ability to pirate has become easier and easier, and that does probably put a lot of pressure on these sites where they're already, you know, the margins in this kind of production yeah. are quite low, and then they have people stealing it, um, which is not okay. Um, but unfortunately, you know, with technology, it's become easier and easier to do that. So it's, yeah, it's a real challenge, and and I guess it remains to be seen what you know what kind of production uh, we'll see in the future. Um, with the with it being so hard to make money doing it, so um, so big thanks to Cliff for all of his hard work in the baking scene. And so with that, let's wrap it up with a question. 
uh, that someone just actually sent me two days ago um, through WAPS, through through your app. Uh, he's been listening to the podcast for the past couple weeks. Uh, so he has a question about bottoms reactions, and uh, he is a bottom. Uh, he says, I like to be honest and not do fake reactions, but it could take a while for me to get to where I'm authentically squirming and moaning, etc., from a spanking. Um, I worry that having me just lying there, grunting now and then as the top wax away, might be boring for them. What is your take? Should I stay authentic, or is it better to find some way to ham it up a bit, or what? So um, I've sent a response. I'm interested in your uh, your thoughts first before before I talk. Sure. Um, yeah, I can uh, I can empathize from 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 the, the top side, usually when I'm getting a spanking, I tend to react fairly quickly. So it's not a problem for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have spanked uh, many guys where it's like, come on, like, you know, what's it going to take here? And so it, it, it could be a challenge to the top, uh, which, which could be a good thing. Um, if you're trying to, if you have a very high pain tolerance uh, and you're trying to do something like, you know, a daddy son role play, um, that could be a bit of a challenge. And so maybe in, in, in the case of, of a specialized type fantasy, if you're trying to do that, um, you, you, may, uh, you may have to make a little bit of it up. Um, but in general, I would say if, if you're, you know, if you haven't arranged that it's, it's going to be a certain, you know, role play type fantasy, whatever, um, then the reactions need to be real. And so that means that the top has to get out a paddle or a bath brush or whatever. Um, that's that's the way it's going to be, and I, I did have there's somebody I played with for the last couple of years uh, semi regularly, and you know I, he's younger, and I first started spanking him, thinking, well, you know, it's the first time I've met him, I'm just going to use my hand, and and yeah, it was kind of boring because I could tell that he couldn't feel anything. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's like I just know that that's his tolerance, and it means that I have to get out the bath brush, um, you know, every time I see him, and that's just the way it is. Um, and so it just, yeah, I, I think, yeah, if, if it's a, if it's sort of a role play where you're, you're, you know, you're, you're going to plan to react a little bit differently than you would naturally, then fine. Um, but otherwise if you just have a high pain tolerance, then, um, then that, that may mean the top needs to keep going. Uh, but yeah, the, the other point, and when we, when we were kind of, uh, discussing this question before, you know, came up as I asked Scott a question and that was like, you know, have you encountered bottoms uh, who literally can take everything you could give them and not react? And so why don't you answer that question, Scott? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had – I think I've mentioned it on the podcast. I had a guy who – at my apartment here who wanted to be spanked to tears. And I couldn't. I could I was like I, – I brought out the bath brush and everything. And I had to actually eventually stop the scene because um, – I had to stop the scene because I was going to injure his butt and I still wasn't getting the reaction. So, so, but in answer to this particular question, yeah, I don't want, I, I take, um, me personally, I love, I mean, this is my scene. This is like, I want a boy who's tough. I, I like, you know, I, I want to do exactly what he's talking about in this question. Yeah. You think he, you think you can take it now, I want to, I like nice long scenes that go to really hard places. So um, I want authentic. I, I want authentic reactions so I can build it up. And the other thing is because, um, because I want to take it to intense places, I need the reactions to be authentic so I can evaluate what I'm doing as a top. So, so because this isn't a naughty boy punishment scene, um, and I want to actually push the bottoms. You know, I want to, to push their the, the levels of how much they take. I want to make them feel. Um, I want to know that I'm, you know, expanding their limits, uh, if at all possible, if that's what they want. In order to do that safely and properly, I need their responses to be authentic. Um, and, you know, if someone's hamming it up, then I can't really tell what they really feel. You know, and, and for me, as looking at it from the perspective of what the pain actually is, you know, what the pain they're actually experience, it makes it really kind of hard for me to determine what I should be doing um, and what they need or want. 
Um, but it is, it's very interesting to, to get a reaction from a bottom who wants to make sure the top is getting what he wants. I kind of like that. And thanks for doing mm-hmm. that. You know, a lot of uh, there's a lot of issues in the scene where either the top or the bottom only cares about their own experience. So it's great that you're really caring about the top's experiences as a bottom. There are tops who want that reaction. Um, and I was uh, it reminded me of someone I had read who was complaining about who was who was exactly this happening where he would go to spank boys and they would just lay there and he'd just give up and throw them off his lap and he's like well you're not reacting to this and part of me is like you should maybe be spanking them harder they are (laughs) they are not little boys anymore and because you know that is his fantasy um but he needs he doesn't realize that he needs to be clear that that's what he wants um and so so what I actually responded to this person was that, you know, talk to your tops about about what they're looking for from a scene. Um, and the, the, the default, the default should always be authentic. Um, but if there is a particular scenario, if you're particularly if you're with an older gentleman who has that fantasy of spanking the naughty little boy, um, but he's not, you know, that it's not going to be a situation where you know if you're someone who's taking the bath brush and you have this gentleman who's just wants to hand spank you um, then you kind of need to think about trying to act or react or I, I I am not good at it I could never do it and so I don't bottom for guys like that I cannot I absolutely cannot pretend to have reactions that I'm not having so so it's also why I'm very particular about what I'm looking for in tops um, which is assholes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think the, the salient point is that, you know, the, the, the person asking the question is right. I mean, a, a lot of tops do like the reaction. That, that's what mm-hmm. they get out of it. And so if, if you're not reacting, then either they're not thinking hard enough or you just don't, you're, you're one of those rare people that just doesn't react. You get into this Zen headspace. And yeah. So yeah. you may want to let them know because, um, you know, they may, they may sort of keep going until it gets pretty extreme. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's that kind of discussion you have. It's like, okay, um, you know, we're going to meet and, you know, our influence, okay, you know, discussing limits, right? And so you'll, you'll learn very quickly if someone knows they have a high pain tolerance, they'll say, like, you know, a hand is not going to be enough for me. And uh, so then the top has to kind of understand that this is somebody with a high pain tolerance. So if they want that reaction, they're going to have to go. Further, and that may take a couple of sessions to get there, because um, I'm, I'm usually easier on somebody the first time because I don't want to overdo it, especially someone new to the scene, and um, and so that it might take another session to really realize uh, where their where their tolerance is at, where you start getting those reactions. So, but yeah, very important uh, question. I think it's very very thoughtful. Yeah, yeah. So, and as typically the situation like this, the the answer is. Communication, find out by communicating, whether your tops have any particular expectations. I am very flexible. I want my bottoms to behave naturally to the experience. Um, and then I feed off of that, and then I adjust play based on how they respond. They, they actually respond. So, um, But with that, let us wrap up this episode of Dudes Spanking Dudes. Uh, thank you, Jaden, for being here. And of course, you know, if you're very interested in Jaden's app and website, it is WAPS, W-H-A-P-P-Z. You can download the app uh, in the IT, on, uh, on your iPhone or an Android um, in, in, in the, the Google, Google Play store and in the, you know, in the iTunes or the iPhone store. Um, yeah, and if, you, if you're looking for it on Google Play, um, you have to search WAPS and then spanking, like two keywords to get it to come up. Uh, the way that Google Play does their ranking of you know the searches and stuff is a little bit different. So um, the best, the easiest way to get to download the app is just to go to the website and there's a link on the login page to download the, both the Android and the Apple um, apps. But if you are just going onto the Play Store, um, you do have to search WAPS space and then spanking, and it'll be the first one that comes up. Yeah, and so, and if you're looking for me, um, to send me questions like this, you can find me on WAPS as uh, Red Spank Scott, all one word. You can find me on Recon uh, and Scruff as Red Spank Scott, 
all one word. Um, and then you can find me on Spake This Hookups as Red SPK Scott. Um, I'm still on Tumblr as Red Spank Scott. Um, I really have reposted since they they actually got that they actually introduced that big huge censorship regime. You can't mm. even see my page anymore. Um, you can see my if you if you like follow me uh, or subscribe to me or whatever on Tumblr, you can see new posts that I put, but you can't access my page anymore. You can't view. I can't even view what's on my page anymore. Um, but I still do uh, have – you can still message me on there. Um, and I've also joined BDSMLR.com, the sort of the, the BDSM version of Tumblr that uses the sort of Tumblr model. Um, so fo some folks are finding you know that space and are, are going back to posting their spanking images on there. Um, and then on um, Twitter, uh, it's uh, Dudes Spank Dudes is the name of the Twitter feed for the uh, for the podcast, which I have been bad about tweeting on. I probably should, now that Tumblr is kind of dead, I probably should be tweeting more um, on Twitter, and I'll, I'll maybe try and start doing that. So reach out to me if you have any questions. Uh, thank you for being on the show, Jaden. You bet, yeah. And uh, see you all next time.